0: And welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It's time to bring the orange yet again with two special guests today people that I know and I love working with. Errol Hayward, our Senior Marketing Solutions Manager for Peers of Service, and Ben Lee, Senior Solutions Architect, formerly an SE here. I say formally, probably, you know, you morphed into this, but now focusing on on all great things around Pure as a service. Errol, we'll start with you. Welcome to the program and uh, talk about your time at Pure. You've been here. Are you up to a year yet? You, you've been here. I feel like, you know, yeah. time gets a little bit weird with covid stuff,
1: but. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Time is flying. I'm I'm actually almost up to a year and a half here now. Awesome. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's flying. It's been great. You know, you know, um, you know. One of the things that I really love about Pure is that you know, it, I I really find this to be a very teamworky collaborative. Teamworky is that a word? But anyway, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a you know very team environment, a very collaborative environment, and man, I really love the fact that you know you know not to brag but in the storage market pure is really kicking some some serious butt so i, I love that being a part of, of a winner here and um, so i like i said i've been with pure for about a year and a half and, and really really enjoying it meeting a lot of great people and 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 learning a heck of a lot as well
0: absolutely well that's what it's all about is is learning as you go but also adding value and we love having you on board and your skill set to focus on this really Fun and dynamic and and changing part of the industry that we are leading. In here, Ben, I'll I'll pivot over to you. Uh, I got to know you a year or two ago when we chatted about some of the work you were doing at the time as as an SE, and and I guess you saw what was going on in the pure as a service space, and maybe Jonas made you made you an offer you couldn't refuse as well. But you you kind of jumped out of the, of the the field stuff and, and moved into helping us drive this this train uh, called pure as a service. What were you doing before, and and how does that dovetail to what you're doing now as a solutions architect in the space? Thanks.
2: Well, Rob, it's been great. I've been at Pure for almost six years, so I oh. went from from Pure as a single product company, and now we have expanded the portfolio and changed the way we um, really look at the market. and And over the course of the last few years, Pure has really taken the the concept of um, delivering storage and data services in a different way, right? And we're leading the industry that way. And uh, I want to be part of that charge, so that's why I switched over.
0: That is awesome. And I, I know when you move to that kind of role, it's fantastic to have sort of that technical selling aptitude that you bring to it, right? You can kind of see the bigger the bigger picture and, and what's going on. And really that's what it's it's more all about, right? You mentioned single product. I mean, it was far more simpler to go to market then, but now there's, there's a portfolio, there's different consumption models, which is, which is why I brought you both on the Peer Report pod today because I wanted to dive into the latest and greatest of what's going on in Peer as a Service. I feel like Errol we can't talk about this enough, right? This is yeah. this is something that everybody wants to talk about. We've seen our competition shift and pivot and, and imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but uh, we, we, we jumped out <laughs> with a really interesting offering and we'll get into why that works for us. But as a marketeer, Errol, and you're looking out there, what would you say are the reasons that utility models kind of in general are popular right now, right? And obviously there's... You know, there's ride service, ride share services. I mean, there's the macro of utility. People want to pay for what they consume. But when you look at what analysts are saying and and your Mm -hmm. view on the market, what's going on? Why is this such a popular trend right now and particularly in data storage?
1: So so excellent question and, and actually you know you hit the nail on the head there are a lot of great reasons why why you know storage as a service in general is really popping right now. So so but but let me step back a second first and and then just for you know some people who might be a little uh, new to this let me let me talk a little bit about storage as a service in general and then we'll we'll get the answer in your question right. So at a very high level right um, a definition of storage as a service is is around you know, uh, you know a level of of managed services where. Um, a vendor or a supplier really provides a customer with access to the data storage, to a data storage platform. And so you can equate that to a utility, right? Like you can yeah. equate it right. to your electricity, your water, where you, or you get those services delivered to your home or your business, but you're not responsible for the infrastructure that delivers in there. Right. So, so that's it in, in kind of a nutshell. And so, you know, analysts are digging on this right thing. And this is a really, really great idea. And, you know, some of the the, uh, the recent surveys that you've seen come out uh, from analysts talk about, um, you know, the as a service model uh, and, 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 you know, analysts uh, IDC, for example, is predicting by 2024 that more than 75% of the Um, uh, you know, edge infrastructure and more than 50% of of data center infrastructure is going to be consumed either as a service or, or, you know, kind of um, um, operated as a service as well. Gartner also very much on board with that. And they're talking about over 50% um, of newly deployed um, enterprise storage capacity being sold as a service or or in a, in a subscription basis, and that that is way up from like fifteen percent just two years ago. So, just incredible. So so the trends are moving moving toward as a service and, and moving quickly. Some of the the reasons for this, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of 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 uh, uh, of uh, financial flexibility that comes with this. There's a lot of of operational flexibility that comes through this as well. You know, more and more companies are wanting their on-premises um, IT to be more cloud-like. Another big reason. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we could, we could go into a lot more detail around around reasons why. So let me let me pause there first, and then uh, see see if uh, if you want to add more to the question or or what.
0: No, yeah, and I don't want to get Ben's input on this too, right? Because you know you're you're looking at the market in general and the trends, and it's very clear, right? If the analysts are picking up on this, yeah, certainly it's certainly happening. But Ben being in the trenches and part of those conversations, right? And not all of these conversations happen at the. You know, at the IT level, right—the folks that are actually managing the things in the data center—a lot more it becomes a, a financial conversation and the ability to rapidly respond to changes or or, or dynamics. So, Ben, at a, at a at a macro level, what are some of those elements that that you know IT execs are, are looking at? Cause really for them, it all comes down to like three things. It comes down to, you know, risk reduction, value creation and optimizing staffing, right? It has to fit in one of those three buckets and frequently is in across all, but is that kind of what you see across the board or are there
2: any other macro things that are going on? No, I think from a macro perspective, um, you really got the, the right mindset, Rob. So for um, decades now, uh, large customers have consumed things as a service, right? Because they have the the gravitas and the the um, the size and scale in order to consume things as a utility. Um, you know, I spent years at, at one of the largest media uh, companies in the in the world, and that's how we consumed from our vendors at the time. Um, but what we're seeing now is is we have the technology and the capabilities and things like Evergreen that really make it so we can now bring the concept of these services and, and a subscription model um, that has been popular for large, large companies for a long time. Now bring those same advantages, all those things you talked about, speed, agility, efficiency of not just the, the um the pocketbook, right, of the company, but also of the IT staff and all those things, we can now bring that and, and really help customers um, tailor to their their changing demands as, um, as their business requires it, right? No longer are they being required to, to make huge long-term investments. They too can take advantage of, of essentially like buying on really large scale, but they don't have to commit to really large scale, and that's something that, uh, that we, find we really were able to crack. And, and honestly, watching everybody else following us and doing the same thing proves that what we did in the first place was the right thing. Yeah, it certainly validates it, and I love
0: the point you make about that. Enterprises have kind of sneakily done this for for years and years, and that's just because they have scale and they have scope and they have the ability to negotiate and and to do these kinds of consumption models. Or maybe that's why there's you know large global services companies that can come you know like IGS right for years and years. It was like, well, we don't have a data center; we just use IGS, and they run what we want, and we pay them massive amounts of money, but we get the services that we want. So in effect, what you've got now are are some of the IT folks taking back control, and not to say that SIs and MSPs don't have their very important roles, and they certainly benefit from this as well. We've got MSPs and, and GSIs who leverage peer as a service uh, to, to help solve some of these and actually offer services out with that. Um, I, Errol, I'll, I'll push back to you a little okay. bit, and, and Ben kind of talked about this a little bit, but with competitors following, what what distinguishes us? Like, what makes us unique? Still, relative to to how the product is designed, right? It still comes back to how the product is built and designed, and what's in the DNA. But why are we really still well positioned here? Besides having kind of that first leader charge.
1: So yeah, there's there's a number of of, of uh, reasons we're well positioned. um And so first, I'm gonna. Going to sum it up in in three words. First, we'll start there and then expand from there. So um, uncomplicated. Yeah. Right. Uh, Flexible slash agile. I'm going to make that one word because it has a slash (laughs) and then transparent. All righty. So so now the uncomplicated part, you know, uh, Rob, you you actually just said this, but I want to repeat it. Um, um, You know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. You know, we have been talking about, um, simplicity and the uncomplicated nature of peers of service for quite a while. And, and so now some of our competitors are starting to kind of, um, uh, I'll just say, take that language and apply it to theirs as well. But when you look at peers of service, I mean, peers of service, um, is, is, is is uncomplicated, easy to deploy, easy to use. And, you know, it's like no worries for the customer. You know, you get all of our services underpinned by the proprietary pure technology. The customers don't have to worry about how things work because we take care of all that. You know, the people who built the technology are actually helping to take care of the technology. So uncomplicated is one thing that really does apply to Pure as a Service. Um, You know, the the second word I I, I talked about was, you know, flexible slash agile. You know, we we were the first in the market with Pure as a Service. It really truly is a fully flexible enterprise, great storage subscription service. Um, it's seamless across on-premises. It's seamless across, uh, the, 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 the you know, between, uh, if you want to move your data between, uh, on-prem and the cloud, you're able to do that with our cloud block store. Um, the flexibility that comes with that, you know, the seamless, the, the seamless data mobility, the flexibility that comes with, with that is, is unprecedented as well. And then, um, lastly, uh, just briefly on transparency, um, you know, again, we were the first to come out with complete transparency in pricing, um, as well as uh transparency in, you know, what we offer as from a service perspective. Our, our service catalog was made available um to, to the public um, for people to take a look at and see what we offer. So anyway, so three words, uncomplicated, uh, flexibility slash agility, and then and then uh transparency.
0: Yeah. And I remember when the when the true pricing models actually went up and, and there was a lot of work into in doing that, obviously, because when you publish you know, pricing numbers, they're out there and everybody sees them and they're real. But um, really, that I, I love the transparency aspect of that, because you can go and put in you know, aspects of your environment and then understand exactly what that is going to be operationally for you to, you know, to pay for right. over time, which, which is terrific. Um, and it, and it's backed by, you know, I still, you know, Mr. At, Mr. Rickson, you know, Kevergreen, as I like to call him, he comes <laughs> on the program, he comes on the program quite a bit and we talk evergreen things and how the, you know, the design of the DNA and stateless and, and software focused, you know, related to kind of enterprise for all. And some of the things that we did recently in the pod. But um, Ben, I'll flip that for you since as, as an SE and now in your current role, you do, you do get engaged by the competition who come back in and and bring what they are bringing to bear on the table. What what do you see? And we won't mention competitors, but what do you see are some of the gaps? What, What are the challenges that competitors have in the offering to truly match those tenets or those hallmarks that Errol just articulated you know, around agility and around uh, transparency, the flexibility—like where do they fall short, and is it because of the the product itself they, they can't get from A to B,
2: or there's some other aspects too, or maybe it's both. I'm I'm kind of rambling here, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the both option there. So yeah. as Kevin would say, realistically, you can't you can't build a true subscription uh, when you're locked into hardware or when your uh, when your tiers match to specific. Hardware levels, right? Um, one of the one of the huge advantages we have is you can start small on any of our tiers, right? Um, and grow as you need to, grow your capacity as you need to. And the way we can do that with zero disruption is because of Evergreen, right? There you go. If yeah. we hadn't built the platform the right way the first time, then we would be just like everybody else. We would be tying a payment model to a set of fixed hardware. And that's what you get with the, with the other people. Whereas when we're talking about pure, you can really truly start, you know, block performance and work your way up to ultra. You can start tiny and grow large. You can, we don't have limitations. In fact, this might be something that, that is news to, to, to some people. You can start with a minimum subscription. And if your business um, is truly variable, right, it might be most effective to just pay on demand above that. And customers, we don't have a weird, um, you know, ease that makes it so customers can't do this. You can start with a minimum and burst as high as you need to for as long as you need to. And we don't have penalties. We don't have, you know, all because Evergreen makes that possible from the get-go, from the software and the hardware layer. Um, so really, everybody else is trying to do what we do right they have other services they have other hardware and each each of our competitors has has their advantages um right we don't need to go into any of those but where they can never reach us and and just would have to redesign from the ground up is our flexibility to scale as necessary without any disruption
0: yeah. And I think a number of those other models, when you dig a little bit deeper beyond the legalese that you mentioned, which is, which is a good point is, is they start looking just like creative financing, right? It is truly not, you know, a, a consumption. And, and I love that you point out the no penalties. Cause I think when, when we've all been out there at a busy place when ride sharing is going on and there's not enough cars and all of a sudden that ride that you thought was $25 becomes <laughs> 85 bucks. Like imagine if that was how we went to market with storage as a service, it was just sort of like, well, is at a premium now and you're having a bursty, spiky period. So the price just went up. It is, it is fair. It is predictable. And I, I think the other takeaway that you, you've made a couple of times that I really love is we're really bringing this everywhere, right? It is not just the, the large enterprises that are going to go in on this if you're a smaller medium-sized business or you're a small government entity and you want to have better control over your costs and reduce risk and be able to move scale up and down or even even pull off the contract right if you're if you're you don't need it anymore because you had a project you can do that it's it's all flexible super easy to use and uh, and, and i love just how you articulated you know kind of the the distinguishing. Characteristics there, Um, Ben. I want to go back to you because I know you've been involved in a number of these pursuits, and I don't want to talk about the the customer specifically, but I want to get into the head of the IT leadership at at some of the places where you've spoken to, and kind of how and when does the light bulb go on? that they realize, cause I know it's not something that we necessarily lead with. Like, it's not, you go in and go, why don't you tell me how many paths you would like to buy today, right? It doesn't, it doesn't work. Like there was an old software commercial, I think Computer Associates did or the, or the <laughs> there was a cardboard cutout of the rep going, why don't you tell me how many licenses you would like, right? So it's not, it's part of the process and it comes in at some point, but when does that light bulb go on? Like, when does the conversation shift to that directed by us potentially but that the IT leadership at some of these enterprises and companies realize, oh, this is something we should take a look
2: into. That's a great question. So really the mindset of leadership, and we've talked about this before, but the mindset of IT leadership and and organizational leadership is how do we make ourselves more flexible, more efficient and and get uh, to market faster, right? Um, So almost every company, out there has that mindset. So what you have to do is uncover the need for flexibility, the need for um, lack of lock-in, the need for um, mobility to maybe other data centers or other uh, cloud providers, right? That's that's the kind of customer um, that really gravitates toward PaaS as they get to know it better. But to really answer your question, um, as an organization, we have to stop talking about um, you know, how many snapshots do you need and yeah. Yeah. You know, how, many, how many flash modules is it going to take to deliver what, you, what you're asking. When we ask the questions in the concept of outcomes and when we talk about what the company is trying to achieve, then you start to hear the story from a different angle and you get, to, you get to have a real conversation with those IT leaders, with their leaders, right? To start, um, to start helping align the solution that you end up crafting with what they're actually trying to achieve. And what you find is a lot of times, it's not just about the dollar per, uh, per terabyte, right? It's not just about the, how do I get away with spending the least? It's almost always how do I achieve my corporate or um, or enterprise or government goals, right? In the best manner possible, and that's why that's why PaaS wins in normally traditional uh, in, uh, customers, right? So that's that's a big a big thing that you have to remember. Yeah, for sure, Errol? So Ben, you bring up. An excellent,
1: excellent point with that. And I want to pivot just slightly on that, that, but in the same, uh, area and, and to talk about briefly about TCO. Okay. So, so one of, one of the, the conversations that happens often, um, in some of the, the, uh, the, you know, uh, you know, CXO type meetings, right. With, uh, our, our, our prospects is you know around TCL and you know yes we have a number of, of TCL tools that that we we've worked with our, our prospects and customers in the past and and and, and talk them through it and, and get a good understanding of it but I think one of the misconceptions that people have is that when you're looking at you know TCL or total cost of ownership, it's definitely not a conversation or a comparison of of you know, capex versus opex, right? So a lot of people go there, and it's like that's not the place you want to go when you're talking like you know, TCO. It's it's about cash flow management, and, you know, and, and it's not about total cost management. It's about you know reducing the the rate of of, of cash outflow. It's it's about pervert uh, preserving you know cash flow by 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 spending less money upfront, and then and then having a lot more money to to spend on other projects, other initiatives, like right now. You know, especially companies that are, are very um, uh, uh, digital transformation focused or have have digital transformation initiatives going on. You know, uh, you know, a product like as a service really, really comes in, in in handy and helps them to you know have more cash available for other things. You know, so so for customers where where you know that cash outflow is very important. Um, you know, and, and I would say that's the vast majority of customers, right. You know, so, and as a service or on-demand consumption model, that's the right choice for them instead of, you know, having to lay out that boatload of, of, of cash up front on, on equipment. And then also adding on top of that, a, a, you know, like a 12 to 36 months, uh, uh, you know, support, um, contract right up front. So, yeah, so just, 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 uh, you know, that, that discussion also happens, um, at, you know. The uh, you know Cxo level and, and and also with with a number of the IT executives as well. Yeah, and I, I think the finan- you make a great
0: point about that financial lever, but I know also you know and I've talked to Prakash about this a number of times, and you know we get into and I'm glad you made the distinguishment between OpEx versus CapEx. Like that's not what this is all about. It's it's mm-hmm. going to you know how do you use your budget in the best possible fashion. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, and Ben, I'll maybe have you hit on a couple of these. Um, There's common, there's like two common themes that keep coming up. And one is around staffing, right? And we know in this day and age that it's hard to find people and it's hard to find the level of versatility as well as to find just enough people to manage all the complexity that you have. So we can bring some degree of you know, intuitiveness with the product as cause would flog me for not using the word simplicity, but use intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. So we bring some level there that helps with, with the, the staffing, but also then the risk profile that you mentioned, right? And you think about a retail business or you think about a utility company or even a financial institution where they know when they have peaks and valleys, right? They know when they have spikes, and this open ups door opens up doors for them to not have to worry about those things anymore. Staffing risk. Is that a common theme? I'm way off base or, or those things? No, that, that's that's I mean, very common. So
2: yeah. So not only does has Pure, from the get-go, been simpler and easier to manage and, and help reduce the staffing requirements to manage the infrastructure, but PaaS takes it a little bit further, right? So not only do you have Pure One managing, you know, monitoring your arrays and giving you great alerts and Pure Support doing their normal day-to-day um, proactive uh, interaction with our arrays, but PaaS adds another layer of Pure goodness, which is a, um, a dedicated customer success manager for every account that has passed right so this isn't this person isn't just responsible for billing or trying to upsell the customer they're actually on a day-to-day basis reviewing environments making sure that the hardware is is where it needs to be both from a capacity perspective and a a security perspective and a safety perspective um, and making sure that the service is being delivered in the same way that we uh, agreed to with, the, with our SLAs. And that right there is a huge peace of mind for our customers, right? Especially as as the customers um, start to scale out and maybe they don't want to grow their infrastructure team, right? But they need more infrastructure. And that peace of mind of knowing that, hey, we're going to alert them if they need something, right? If their infrastructure is, is having a problem, if they start seeing bad latency, or if, um, you know, heaven forbid, they're running out of space, we will proactively engage them on that. And that's, again, an extra layer that that's added in with pads. So not only do they get all the good stuff that you've always had from here, but you do get that layer of, of uh, a nice warm blanket around you. I I say that as I'm looking out my window um, at snow, but that's what, what it immediately made me think of is, uh, is, you know, an extra layer of protection to help you sleep at night.
0: Ah, uh, the snow. Yeah, it's going to be 82 degrees here in San Jose today. So I, I have no idea how. Both of my cats are in the other room, all like sprawled out. I'm trying to avoid turning on the air conditioning on February 10th of 2022, which is which is just nutty. But no, you 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 put, and I actually was not aware of the of the, the, the customer success individual that is that is placed on that. That makes a lot of sense. You get the most, best of both worlds. You get, you know, pure one doing all the AI ops, proactive monitoring, and, and again, somebody else that's paying attention to things. But I think to take it home, it's really, it's a different consumption model, but you're getting exactly the same pure experience that you would have on-prem that people have come to know and love. And Ben, I know in your six years, you've you know, experience that and Errol in your year and a half, you get to hear that more and more, right? It is, right. it is fun. I always said joke on other podcasts before it is fun to work at a company where people give you feedback and tell you they love the things that you are doing. Now, trust me, I've worked at other places where they do not love to see you when you come into the building. Cause it's usually a, a tug of war of how much money we're going to charge you for uh, the next round of software licensing. And I won't get any more specific than that. <laughs> Um, but but take it home, Errol, you know, because we're running towards the edge here. Kind of, you know, where should folks go for more information if they're interested in exploring this more? And I think more so, who's who is peers a service optimal for? It's kind know. of for everybody, right? I mean, there's really no limitations. I can't yeah. think of situations where this this is not really a great fit or something to check out.
1: Right. So so first off, um, I, I'd say for more information, I mean, the obvious place to go is to our website, purestorage.com slash pure as a service is one word. Get you to our website. Lots of great information there on, on storage as a service, on pure as a service itself as well. Uh, you know, you can get to some blogs, some leadership, uh, uh, thought leadership blogs as well um, there and, and learn about the industry, learn about pure as a service and, and the benefits. Um, and, and you hit it, man. Pure as a service is um, you know, for, I, I, I'll say it's for great companies that don't want to worry about, uh, managing their stores day to day. It eliminates that risk, mm-hmm. you know, that the risk of, of over and under provisioning, it eliminates the risk associated with, um, you know, your, your, your staffing as well, kind of some of the stuff that Ben been just talked through. So, so, you know, you know, you know, you'll find it there, you know, and it's, it's, you know, just it's unmatched when it comes to the, you know, flexibility in terms is unmatched when it comes to simplicity also unmatched when it comes to everything you need in one single subscription. So that that's pure service in a nutshell. Um, just one thing you also asked about Rob was just some upcoming things that are happening. Um, as well. you know there are a number of events that are coming up, and I'll just mention um, two of them uh, for for time's sake, but we there's a part of the Engage series that uh, Pure Storage runs. And there's a March Madness um, session coming up. It's called Competitive Edge Fuel Innovation with agile and flexible storage. Um, uh, you know, Kevin, who you mentioned will be, uh, one of the, the SMEs on that. And then, and I'll be on it as well, but then there's also a special guests, uh, in that series, we're going to have, uh, Kenny Smith, a former, uh, NBA superstar, as well as, uh, Joe Lenardi, uh, a basketball announcer and talk a little bit about March madness as well. as talk a little bit about storage. So check that out. Um, lastly, um, Tech talk on February twenty fourth, um, where where we'll have some uh, uh, executives from Cisco, from 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 uh, Insight as well as Pure talking about Flash stack as a service. So feel free to check that out as well. There's a
0: whole another podcast topic, and I'm going to get Mr. Brian Ferrar on here relatively soon to uh, go into all the cool stuff. Because yes, if you know, I'll just leave this as a plug or a teaser for everyone, if if you want to get the full stack of compute and networking rolled into it, then we also are now partnering with Cisco to offer this. Um, imagine you know, single bill, single control for all three tiers of what you consume, managed by Intersight, really cool super stuff. So we'll get Mr. Farrar on uh, very soon for that. And Errol, thank you. And, um, Ben kind of a close for you. I know Jonas has been building out, you know, the team that you are on and you're all a bunch of smart, smart folks, right? Smart guys and gals. How do we find you? I know there's going to be people out there who are just kind of like, you know what? I want to pick somebody's brain on this. Somebody that's been in the trenches, who knows it, who's lived it, who understands the different aspects. Is there a way that they can access you guys
2: easily? Cause I know you're willing to have it, have a chat. Absolutely. So uh, uh, the um, best way to get a hold of us is to use uh, Slack. And um, there's a Slack channel called GPS Wayfinders Pure, and that's how account teams interact with the the business unit. That's how we uh, uh, can get all that goodness and, and information out. Uh, For customers, really, um, we have lots of cool blogs on Pure as a Service, and that's the best way to to educate yourself and and get to uh, know the product uh, while you're waiting to join one of the cool events that Errol just mentioned.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And again, if you have a a question or want to engage, please reach out to the the account folks that uh, that work with you in and around Pure, and they can uh, chat with you about it or even line up some of the specialists like Ben Lee here. Um, Super exciting. Hey, gents, thanks so much for coming on. I always love doing these because I learned something. I learned a bunch of things here, uh, which is pretty funny since (laughs) I'm living and breathing everything pure and I have to have you guys on to learn some really cool stuff. So I love it. Um, Thanks, Errol, for plugging those events. Thanks, Ben, for coming on and uh, sharing some of your experiences out there. And hey, thank you out there for listening to this episode of the Pure Report, keep sending in your feedback to peerreport at peerstorage.com and we will roll out the topics and bring out the great speakers like Errol and Ben. And with that, we will wrap for Peer Storage. Errol Hayward and Ben Lee, this is Rob Lumen saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.